Opening day is here. The Yankees are in Washington, D.C. tonight as Garrett Cole makes his debut against the Nationals. We break down the roster, preview the season, and make our predictions. We also get predictions from the Post's Dan Martin. Nelly and I chat with one of the Yes Network Yankees color commentators and former Yankee catcher John Flaherty. All that and more next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, a New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, former Yankee and four-time World Series champion, Jeff Nelson. Follow us on Twitter at Chris Sheeran, yes, and at NYNelly43. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you use Apple, please give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. John Flaherty joins our season preview show today. Let's get right to Nelly right now, though. And Jeff, we jump right in and we start with the roster. And uh, Michael King looks like he is. And see, now, now, normally, Jeff, you know this. You're a Yankee. When you break camp, you go north. <laughs> you know, you're you're down in Florida. Unless you're starting the season against the Tampa Bay Rays, where you could just go sideways, you usually go north if you're a Yankee. This time, they're going south to Washington, D.C. And it looks like Michael King is going to start the season with them. And uh, he earned it. Coming back from injury. And, and what he showed us in the summer camp and spring training 2.0, he deserves to be there. But you could make an argument, too, for Clark Schmidt, Nelly. Well, you could. And here's the thing. There's no minor league season. And a lot of these guys that are going to go through the minor league production and, and, and be able to you know, prevail as a big league player are going to have to do it on their little summer summer league or the uh, extra guys. And they're going to get their taste of baseball when they make the major leagues. And you look at King, this is going to be his first taste at a major league ballpark and the first taste at, at pitching in the major leagues. I mean, great for them. I mean, it shows the depth that the Yankees have. And when you break camp with 30 guys, uh, you know, 15, 17, 18 of these guys are going to be pitchers. And we saw King and we saw Schmidt and we saw how good they were in spring training 2.0. And Let's not forget, you know, Domingo Herman, who did like have that flip flop, like he was done with baseball on Instagram. And then later in the day, he wasn't done with baseball. And you have Luis Severino, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery. I mean, it's just it's endless with what this Yankee rotation and this pitching staff uh, has within its 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 grasp here. And we talk about the rotation and and, and uh, Jordan Montgomery's not making the team right away. Uh, he's expected to start the sixth game. Uh, everybody kind of scratched their head with that, Nelly, but that just adds another bat until they need Montgomery's left arm in that rotation. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing that's going to, if I had a concern, I mean, obviously everybody's staying healthy with the COVID-19, nobody coming down with that, and you don't lose a superstar. Judge and Stanton, uh, I think they have to play, if not 60 games close to it. I mean, come on now, it's 60 games, you know, get get in the lineup, stay healthy. But it's a rotation. You know, obviously they had to go out and get a superstar. They did. They went out and got Garrett Cole. You needed an ace and he's your ace. James Paxton has never really put together a full season and stayed healthy. You know, he's going to get 12, 13 starts. Let's hope he stays healthy for that. It's a great one-two punch. Maybe one of the best one-two punches in the game. After that, you know, there you have a little concern. You have Hap, you have Montgomery, you have Tanaka. My concern is that you have three left 
lefties. I, I'm not a big fan of having three lefties in a starting rotation. Now, yeah, we've talked about this off the air. So let's break this down really quick. Why does that concern you so much with these three lefties? Is it because maybe Happ and Montgomery kind of mirror each other? What are your reasons for having these three lefties in the rotation? Well, one around baseball, if you look, there's very few lefties in the game and very few lefties that, that are on teams. I mean, you might have one or two in a rotation, maybe just one. That makes him very special. And you don't see a lot of hard throwers from the left side. Righties, you get away with it because it's a different mix. But a lefty, when you have multiple lefties in the rotation, the hitters see kind of the same arm angle. They see they see the same, same style in a way. And usually that third lefty is the one that gets beat up. And, and that's what you don't want. I mean, look what the Yankees are doing now. They're going Garrett Cole, Paxton, and then they're throwing the bullpen. That One of the reasons why, okay, obviously Tanaka's out there, but they don't want to throw another lefty behind Paxton because the odds are saying, hey, you know, they, the fastballs might be different, but it's the same look. Uh, if you notice, not too many teams have, or, or very rarely, or they'll ever have three lefties in, in a rotation. You have a lot of righty power hitters. Uh, you have a lot of righty hitters, period. When you have lefties in there, I think the offense winds up dominating just a little bit that third look. Even when you have a back, you have to have to piggyback lefties. If you notice in a rotation, what do they do? They always want righties in between lefties because it's a different look. It's a you know you don't want that similar style going into a really tough series. I mean, the Washington's is going to be a tough series, and you know every game is going to matter. So you don't want that same look every single time. So we saw Montgomery was optioned to the alternate training site. We also saw the Yankees signed Luis Avilan, uh, David Hale, and Chris Iannetta to major league contracts, selected them to the 40-man roster, and placed uh, Dan Otero on the restricted list. That came down yesterday, but let, let's go through these positions really quick as we're we're coming down the stretch here on opening day, Nelly. Slowly but surely, but pretty soon it's going to be here. Yankees and Nationals down in our nation's capital. Uh, Sanchez, Higashioka, Iannetta uh, at catcher. Do you see it being a two-catcher or three-catcher situation here? It's really tough to carry three catchers. You really don't need three catchers. Uh, I know when they have that little taxi squad, one of them's going to have to be a catcher. I see Higashioka. Uh, well, actually, I mean, they, they added Iannetta to the 40-man. So, you know, starting out with the 30 guys, I, I see them going three catchers. But once they break it down to 28, I see one of them going. Okay. And here's first base is, is, is very interesting because you have a guy like Mike Ford in the second half last year, 39 games. He hit 274. He hit 353, Jeff, in September, October. He never sniffed the postseason roster, though. He had 17 extra base hits, six doubles, and 11 homers in that second half. So you have uh, Luke Voigt and Ford. You have Andujar maybe in the mix at first base as well. So that's an interesting position, but I think it's leaning Voigt. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's going to be a platoon. I think they're really happy with the way Mike Ford has swung the bat, and and I I am as well. Uh, from the left side, I, I think he platoons. I think they go Voigt and also Ford as a platoon. I think platoon. I think Mike Ford starts against Scherzer. Uh, All right, we'll see that. So Tyler Wade with DJ LeMahieu still getting his legs under him. He Probably will be the starting second baseman uh, pretty much on what we've seen in the last couple of days here with the Yankees. But Tyler Wade could start at second base. 
it's between those two there. But Wade is really like LeMahieu last year. We saw LeMahieu play first, Jeff, second, and third. He was really like that Swiss Army knife for the Yankees. And that's what Wade brings to the team. He could play second. He could play short. He could play third. And he could play corner outfield as well. So he's he's one of those Swiss Army knives that could help Aaron Boone big this season. Yeah, super platoon. And he also can pinch run. You know, he can steal you a base as well. And and you, I really love his attitude coming into spring. And, you know, with a guy like that that can play multiple positions and be good at them, you know, sometimes it's really tough because as a manager, you're like, hey, I can play you everywhere. I just don't want to have you just play second base and that's it. And with him, he can do that. So that's very, very valuable on a team. And I think his attitude has been great. You know, anything that he can do to stay in the big leagues, he's going to do, whether it's an injury, you know, you look at LeMahieu, he was out with COVID in the beginning, but he's back and you're not going to keep him out of the lineup. So he's one of those guys that, you know, it's going to be tough to see some time if these guys stay healthy, but he can do it anywhere. Glaber Torres is the shortstop. Uh, Gio Urshela, perhaps the starting third baseman with Miguel Andujar waiting in the wings. And Aaron Boone was very high on Tyro Estrada. So the Yankees, I mean, we talked about the pitching, Jeff, but and we talked about the 96 team and the depth that they had with, with you, Cecil Fielder, Charlie Hayes. That's all you, Charlie, and Cecil talk about was depth. It seems like this Yankee team is like the Laurentian abyss of depth like your team was back in 1996 you need it now you know you don't have a full 162 games where you can go through slumps and you know a guy can hit his way out of it or a pitcher can pitch his way out of it you know if guys are in slumps they're gonna start hey i gotta find somebody else to get in there because every game matters now you know everybody's starting in a pennant race every all 30 teams are in a pennant race starting july 23rd you know it, it's uh it's a very interesting it's gonna be an interesting season so a guy like estrada a guy like wade they're gonna play a big part a big role in the Yankees winning because who knows if somebody struggles, if Urshela goes out, yes, he's an outstanding third baseman had an outstanding offensive year last year as well. But just say he starts struggling a little bit, you know, LeMahieu will probably go over to third and who's going to play second, you know, probably Wade or Estrada. One of these guys are going to get an opportunity. That, that's a great point. And, and, and that's what it's all about. And that's what this season, the shortened season could provide. You bring this up almost every podcast, Jeff, it's short uh, guys, sometimes slump and maybe there's a quick hook maybe the Aaron Boone has to make a quick decision and, and do something here as far as the outfield goes I've got Gardner Judge Stanton Hicks the usual suspects those four Frazier and Talkman are question marks and you also have Andujar and Wade who could also patrol the outfield positions and Duhar being tried out in the corner positions uh, didn't really have a stellar spring training 2.0 in right field but uh, it, it'd be impossible to not try to get his bat into the lineup Jeff on a weekly basis you, you need to get him back in there he, he was the runner-up for rookie of the year for crying out loud well this is going to be interesting because obviously you're going to have judge and right and you're going to have Hicks in center and you want to do everything possible to keep Stanton in the lineup so he's going to wind up being your DH Gardner and and Duhar uh, you know Gardner has been around forever you know he's getting up there in age you know yes it's only 60 games which way do you go uh, you know you just mentioned and Duhar and his bat 
you know, I think he can play left field. The corner spots are always tough and always tough at Yankee Stadium. Uh, it seems like he's been able to handle that pretty well as far as, you know, being a corner outfielder, more more so in left field. I might be leaning towards Andujar being that everyday left fielder right now until he swings his way out of being in that starting lineup. Gardner is going to be one of those guys going to come off the bench. I know he's a lefty going against Scherzer the first night, but I think Andujar breaks the starting lineup and he's going to be in there and left. Uh, we talk- talk about this too all the time you know this is a short season uh lots of times teams could get off to slow starts it's going to be very scary if any team gets off to a slow start this year uh which is why i was a little bit conservative with my yankee wins there's still 16 games over 500 in my book i'm going to say 38 and 22 Jeff, as the Yankees win the AL East barely over the Tampa Bay Rays, who will be the top wild card team. Yeah, that's pre- that's pretty good because I had them at thirty six and twenty four, and I said, re- you know, regardless, thirty eight or thirty six wins, I think leads the American League. I, I can't see too many teams winning more. You look at the Central; uh, I can't see anybody surpassing thirty six or thirty eight wins. Look out west; you know, the Astros are going to be the favorite, but you have the A's right behind them, and even Anaheim is going to surprise. I really don't even think that the Astros are going to win 36 games. So I think the Yankees are going to have the best record. Uh, It's going to be 30, you know, right around where we predict them, I think. Well, Mike Trout uh, just said, actually, that he's going to play this year. So the Angels have a really good shot out there in the West. You can't count out the A's, as you said. You can't count out the Astros. They're probably the favorites out there. When it comes to the Central, maybe the Twins, uh, the Indians are in the mix. Maybe the Chicago White Sox surprise the league with their youth. Uh, It's just going to be very interesting and very fun to watch this shortened season play out, Nelly. It is, and, and and all of a sudden they're talking about expanding the playoffs. You know, it could go from 10 to 16 teams, so uh, eight in each league, and that's going to make some more excitement in baseball. And if that happens, and it's got to happen before the first pitch Thursday night against the Yankees and the Nationals. Well, I'm just so happy that we are talking about baseball. And then later on tonight, we're going to have real baseball. It's opening day. And to help us welcome in opening day is the New York Post, Dan Martin. We welcome in now Dan Martin of the New York Post. You can read his stories in the Post and at nypost.com. Dan, thank you so much for joining. Nelly and I, we appreciate it. Besides the health, besides Judge and Stanton, the rotation is my biggest concern. I'm never really a big fan of having three lefties in, in a rotation. I just don't like it. Two is fine. I think three, I think it's just too too much of the same look, even though uh, you might have guys that throw different. It's just to me, it's the same look. Is that a concern of yours? I mean, behind Cole, the, the health, the, uh, you know, who's going to be, is Tanak going to be able to come back and, and obviously miss a start? Is that a concern for you? Is that just you being a, having a right-handed bias? I guess. <laughs> no, but if you look, you know, the funny thing of it is if you look at most rotations, you know, obviously lefties are very rare in the game. You don't see a lot of hard throwers, and James Paxton is one of those guys that throw hard, and so does Montgomery. And they're a similar look, I think. And then you have Hap, but you really don't find three lefties in a rotation. For some reason, if you notice, hey, okay, if we have four righties and you mix in that lefty, it's great. But I think one of the problems that the Yankees have is how do we split those three lefties up when you go into a, a series? I think it's a fair point. I, to be honest, I hadn't really uh, considered that an issue, but, you know, I mean, if they pitch 
pitch the way they're supposed to pitch, especially Paxton. You know, I don't think it really matters, you know, which way he's throwing from, but certainly with a young guy like Montgomery and, and a guy like Hap, who, you know, isn't always consistent, uh, that could be something. But I think they'll take their chances with with all three of those guys. And just the way the game is played now with as many strikeouts as there are, I, I don't think it's as big an issue. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that does become something. And I just know that if Montgomery can stay healthy and be what, what he showed two years ago, I think that makes a huge difference. You know, the health, you talked about the health being a big factor, Paxton coming off surgery, Tanaka, it looks like they, they lucked out there. That could have been a lot worse with the standing right. line drive that, you know, he's only going to miss one start, uh, which is what led to the bullpen game. But I really don't think that'll be too much of an issue. If it is, you know, I don't think it was meant to be because these guys should be good enough to to at least keep them in, in games. And and right now, you know, just the, the few exhibition games that they played, it seems this team is really built, you know, with the offense in mind if those guys can stay healthy and and productive you're not going to be looking for for guys to be going too deep into games and it's almost like keep us in the game and let us uh, and let the offense take care of things dan that's why i'm so amazed and i know clark schmidt wasn't on the 40 man uh when when this all began but that's what amazed me and not him making the team because you're not going to have guys go out there for lengthy periods of time who aren't named Garrett Cole or maybe James Paxton or Masahiro Tanaka when he builds back up. But as far as Schmidt goes, I know you said they like him, but are you not shocked that they didn't put him on the team and maybe in that third game where they want to have a bullpen game, have him and Mike King tag team that game? They like those bullpen games. Uh, actually, Boone just talked about that as well. They're not just doing it just to do it. They, they're doing it in, in the order that makes sense for them. And that way, everyone stays on their right throw day. They think they're confident that with Cole going game one, Paxton going game two, kind of to your point, they're hoping to get some length out of those two guys. And then they'll be able to use the bullpen in the way that they want in terms of pitching exactly who in, in whatever inning they want. So I think they would, they'll much rather take their chances, especially against a lineup like Washington's with some veteran guys and, and try to piece it together that way rather than King and Schmidt, who are, who are, Pretty big unknowns right now. Yeah, let's let's go to the position players. And I mentioned earlier with Stanton and Judge, and you know, my opinion, two of the most important guys in that lineup. What are your expectations? How many games do you see them playing, and how much? How many games should they play? Well, yeah, that's that's the big question. You know, they they you'd like them both to be able to play. You know, this is such a strange season. Do, do you say 50 games? You probably take 50 games from both of those guys as long as they're 50 good games, you know, and not they're not battling hamstring things or shoulder issues or whatever. Uh, if, if, th- if those guys can stay relatively healthy, be in the lineup consistently. I mean, you know, you saw the way they, they hit the Mets pitching the other night and just you know, made uh, Yankee Stadium look like a bandbox. You know, we, ha- we haven't seen too much of that, of them just being able to be who the Yankees expect them to be. They're, they've got their fingers crossed, but history shows that, I don't know, maybe this 60-game schedule will work in their favor, that they don't have to stay healthy for 162 games in six months, that this condensed uh, schedule will, will make it easier for them to, to not break down. But, you know, they, they've not shown a history of not breaking down. So until they prove they can stay healthy, stay productive, there, there's going to be that question. If they yeah. do, all bets are off. Yeah, Dan, uh, Ken Davidoff didn't think the Yankees were the favorites. He thought the Rays were right up there and, and they were the favorites in the American League. What say you, Dan Martin? Uh, well, I picked the, the Yankees to win uh, the division and the pennant and uh, and then to make the World Series. Uh, obviously, to make the World Series, where I, I had them losing to the Dodgers, which uh, I don't think I've ever gotten any of those things right. So uh, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Um, but the Yankees just have so much depth that 
you know, Tampa doesn't necessarily have. And, uh, you know, they, you know, I was just talking about how healthy they've been and the Yankees have been, but obviously they start the year without Chapman, who's one of the best closers in the game. And they slide Zach Britton right in there to be the closer, which should work out fine for as long as uh, Chapman is out, hopefully not for very long. The Rays don't have that luxury. I have them making the playoffs. They're, they're a really good team. Again, this, this crazy season, anything is possible. Uh, if Cole, if, if the Yankees get out of the gate slowly, they, you know, if they, if they were playing 162 games, I'd feel more confident about the Yankees winning the division than I do now. But I still think they by far have the, the most talent and the most depth. So I'd be surprised if they don't win the division. I wanted to ask about, has Aaron Boone said anything about going on the road and how he's going to keep his players safe? You know, you're so tempted to go out and have that beer or go have that dinner with your friends or even family. I mean, guys are going into cities that, hey, I have an uncle or an aunt or mom or dad. And, you know, how, how has he addressed that to try to keep healthy for the last 60 games and going into the postseason? Well, he has, you know, he's told us that he's, had those discussions pretty consistently, especially, well, obviously, since the team got back together. That's one of the, the more difficult parts of the job this year is that he's not able to really address the entire team as one just because of social distancing and things like that. So he tries to get them in groups. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's when one of the huge focal points of this summer camp or spring training 2.0 is that's what you have to do. You have to ignore those temptations. And uh, I thought Aaron Hicks had a pretty good line. I don't know when we talked to him a week or so ago, you know, whether he thought this team was going to be able to to do just what you said and not give into those, you know, not even temptations, just the normal part of life is that when you're on the road, he said, all this team does is play video games. So he said that we're going to be fine because everybody on the team just loves playing video games and sitting in their hotel rooms. So, you know, he laughed at he's as he said it, but he was, I think he was pretty serious. So, you know, maybe video games is going to be what uh, gives the Yankees an advantage this year when they go out on the road and, and stay healthy. But as, as we've seen with Chapman, you know, he, he was in the Yankee bubble or whatever, and he still tested positive. So you just don't know with this uh, with this virus. So that's really what's going to, you know, we can make all these predictions and teams can look great. And then uh, anything, anything is possible. A guy can opt out. These are challenges that no one's ever faced before. So, you know, the Yankees, I think, are as in, in a good a spot as any team with the veterans that they have and with the expectations that are on them that they know that they they can't afford to to make any dumb mistakes that's no guarantee that all those things that you just talked about jeff that still might not happen to them as the great john sterling says and i've said this before and i'll say it again you can't predict baseball and you can't predict covid it's baby steps dan and then we're just going to go through this all together uh, we're just all glad that baseball is coming back and we're going to be able to watch real games starting tonight. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you coming on. Remember, you can read his stories in the post and at nypost.com. Dan Martin, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, the cavalcade of Jeff Nelson's former teammates continues on this podcast. And uh, John Flaherty, uh, Yes Network color commentator. Of course, he spent time with the Red Sox, Tigers, Padres, Devil Rays, and New York Yankees, of course. And he joins us now. Flash, thanks a lot. We appreciate it, pal. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's good to uh, join you guys. Uh, you know, exciting time with baseball, hopefully starting up. Uh, so it's good to be with you. That's not Absolutely. what you said when we went first went on. <laughs> you know, hold on now. Wait, wait a minute. You, you felt so sorry for for everyone because you had to do it with Sharon and I well, you know what it, Chris Chris is fine Chris is fine but you know Nelly you and I have a 
a different type of relationship in the clubhouse. So uh, we need to keep this one clean, all right? Well, well, let's 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 get into that because before we started taping and before we got you on the line, Flash, Nelly said that you obviously caught him uh, in 2003, and he said he was his, you were his favorite catcher. So how about that? I don't know if I said that, but I did <laughs> say I no like throwing. Way. To him. There's no way. You know, the only time I I caught Jeff Nelson was in the bullpen when I warmed him up and I patted him on the backside. Said, "Go get him, big fella." <laughs> That's all I ever did. <laughs> so that was a big blockbuster when I came over from Seattle for Armando Benitez. But no, I actually you know, I threw to Flash a few times in the game. I like throwing to Flash. He's, he was always a good catcher. I mean, we do we had we had bullpen battles together in Boston, and and uh, was that was that you sitting on your hands, or was that Model Leon the bullpen? Bullpen uh, coach sitting on his uh, hand. Easy, 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 Because <laughs> uh, when I tell that story, I tell everybody that I saw I saw that brawl brewing before it happened. When you came out to the bullpen and you sat down next to me and you saw this guy waving that towel, and I saw the look on your face, and I was like, "Oh boy, here we go. This is going to get uh, get interesting." So, Monteleone was sitting on his uh, on his hands. I was the first man on the scene. I know uh, trying to get in there with you, so uh, that was a, that was a crazy night. Well, uh, hold on, hold on. We need context here. We don't know what you're talking about. So, what no, happened? We, here? we actually don't need any context. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Flash, let's let's get into this season. You've you've obviously been doing the the yes we're here's, and then uh, when spring training 2.0 or summer camp started, uh, you were doing stuff for yes uh, when the Yankees were having inter-squad games, and then we started playing as well. So what's this new feel doing this in, in a time that's uncharted waters for really everybody? Yeah, obviously, Chris, it's, uh, it's a lot different. You know, I wish I would be going in tomorrow night to the Yes Network studios in Connecticut and uh, be sitting at the desk with Bob and Jack Curry. But, you know, it's going to be different. I'm going to be home kind of contributing uh, – uh, you know, we're just doing the best we can uh, under the circumstances. But with all of that being said, everybody's just so excited, you know, to have baseball back. And, you know, if you're a Yankee fan and you've been following this summer camp, it, it could not have gone any better. In my opinion, uh, they got guys swinging the bat well. Uh, Tanaka took a line drive from Stanton, and it sounds like he's doing well. Uh, you know, had a couple of guys test positive and Chapman's not going to be around. But, uh, you know, they came out of this thing um, a lot healthier than I thought that they would. And, you know, Jeff, I throw this at you because, you know, I went through a shortened spring in 95 and I came out of that thing, you know, banged up with a quad strain. And, you know, I'm impressed that the pitchers probably more impressed with the pitchers but position players able to come through this thing healthy yeah you're absolutely right because you know you look at the position players and they had to really jump start fat quick and and luckily everyone it seemed to me that everyone stayed in a in some sort of routine once the first spring ta- spring training cut off that everybody kept working out a little bit different when you're facing live pitching and, and the adrenaline and everything but as a reliever you know we want shortened springs I mean we only want 10 innings and we're done uh, it's all about the starting pitching so when Garrett Cole went out there and threw five innings his first start first start I didn't even think that was going to happen during the regular season once that started so that was pretty impressive and, and you're right they stayed healthy and and how tough do you think this is going to be they're going to go well, they're in Washington now. Uh, when you go on the road, how tough is that going to be to be able to stay regiment and stay inside and just not for 60 games? You, you want to go out. You want to go out to a bar. You want to go out to dinner with your friends and, you know, wind down after a game. That's going to be pretty difficult for these players to try to keep that from happening. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, when you retire, Jeff, that's what you miss about it, right? Hanging out with the guys after maybe grabbing a beer or, you know, something to eat. So, with all of that being said and, and how well 
well this summer camp is gone, I'm with you. Now the next test is taking this act on the road. And, you know, you're, you're traveling now on a train, you have to train to Washington, D.C., you're back and forth to the stadium, and then you're trusting each other. And I think that's probably the most important part because, you know, Chris, when Jeff and I were teammates, I think there was a trust there that you were going to do everything in your power to prepare to be ready to win a game that night. Now you're taking it to a whole nother level. You're not only trusting guys that they're ready to play, but you're trusting them after the game that they're going to do the right thing to stay healthy, to keep you healthy, and in return keeps your family healthy. So there are just so many different levels to this, and I'm just I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, everybody in Major League Baseball as they start traveling to different cities. Uh, I'm hoping that the numbers stay down. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but it, it's definitely a, a huge test. Yeah, you know, in my time covering baseball for the Yes Network, I, when I go into the locker room, I, I basically gravitate to whoever's uh, playing catcher, whether it's Gary Sanchez, it was Austin Romine last year, Kyle Higashioka. I love to pick a catcher's brain flash, and I, I want to pick your brain on this because it seems that you all always have you're like the the field sage it's like the all-knowing eye the catcher is like the illuminati of baseball <laughs> I mean, you guys know everything and and i just immerse myself in conversations with you and what i have to ask here is about gary sanchez and i know that tanner swanson the new yankees catching instructor he and gary kept in contact throughout the pandemic and i gotta tell you i was watching some of these intra-squad games and I was watching some of these um, spring training 2.0 games with the Mets and the Phillies. And Gary Sanchez, his receiving flash looks a heck of a lot better than it ever has. Yeah, you're right, Chris. He looks so much more comfortable with this new stance than at any time we've seen him as a Yankee behind the plate. So, uh, and you know me, guys, I'm an old school, you know, beat up catcher, learn had to do it one way. Uh, so when I started hearing about the, you know, the new metrics and the one knee down, and I'm like, how are you going to block out of that stance? How can you throw out of that stance? And I, I was able to interview Tanner, you know, to, to, to break it all down. And the one thing that I was impressed with was how he taught, he communicated with me in a way that I could understand it. And the first thing I thought was, that's going to be the key to this for with Gary Sanchez able to communicate what we're looking to do, have a conversation back and forth. And at the end result of this, after the pandemic and the quarantine and all of that, he looks like a different guy behind the plate. I really believe, especially with the blocking, that, you know, with this one beat down setup, Gary doesn't have to worry about pitch recognition. Like, he doesn't have to, to, to track a Jeff Nelson slider and think to himself, is that going to be a strike or is that going to be in the dirt and I have to get down and block it? Now that he's in the stance, it's basically you're thinking about receiving and if the ball's in the dirt, you're, you're already down. And, and your chest just blocks the baseball. So uh, hopefully this will continue because this is probably the most comfortable I've seen Gary uh, behind the plate as a Yankee since he came up. That first year, he was incredible. Uh, since then, he's had some problems. Well, I mean, Flash, uh, for I'll pick, piggyback. I said the catchers, and I'll throw Flash in it, is maybe a tick smarter than, than the pitchers <laughs> out there. Maybe a tick. And I'll throw <laughs> Flash out there because he was always a smart guy behind the plate. But you mentioned, uh, you know, Sanchez, his new style of catching, I mean, that really helps the pitchers because when you're when you're on the mound and you got a guy on third base and you know, okay, hey, my strikeout pitch is the breaking ball and I want to bounce this right now 
And I'm not too comfortable of bouncing it because in the past, it might be get between the legs. You're not really having a lot of confidence with Sanchez blocking it. Now, if that happens, you know, now the pitchers go out there and say, you know what, I'll, I'll bounce this breaking ball in the dirt, get a swing and miss, and know that guy's not scoring from third. Yeah, it's, it's a good pickup, Nelly, and it's one of those things that's never going to show up in a box score. It's never going to show up uh, on metrics and numbers and analytics, but it's when a pitcher's standing out on the mound and a catcher can be tapping his glove on the dirt with a run or a third in a big spot at the end of a game and asking for the ball to be delivered in the dirt around home plate to get a swing and a miss. And there's a confidence there that, that a Garrett Cole, if they get this game and it's going to be able to bounce his curveball or a slider in a big spot, knowing you know, confidence that Gary's going to be able to block it. So those are the things that don't show up. Those are the things that after a game, there might be a conversation or a little acknowledgement. Uh, and hopefully the, the pitching staff is there with Gary because I think he's proved it during the shortened spring. John Flaherty with us from the Yes Network, of course, former Major League Baseball player for the New York Yankees, had that huge double in uh, 2004, winning that game against the Red Sox. Also the same game that Derek Jeter dove into the stands. We all remember it, of course. Flash. Uh, you're talking about this pitching staff. You're talking about how good it is. And I would say that, you know, if, if I'm a catcher, I want to be damn sure that I can block anything. If I'm Gary Sanchez, if I'm Kyle Higashioka, if I'm Chris Iannetta, uh, if Garrett Cole's out there and the situation calls for something where they have to get in front of a ball, they're going to get in front of a ball because that guy is like a physicist on the mound. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he reminds me. Uh, different personalities, and Jeff would know this, but, you know, Mike Mussina was one of those guys that when I caught him, I actually had to take it as a personal challenge that he's going to drop arm angles, he's going to throw breaking balls from all these different, you know, angles, and he's going to bounce a lot of them, and it was a personal challenge. Like, I'm not going to let Mike Mussina get a ball by me today. And I kind of feel the same way with the Garrett Cole. Like, the, the intensity that he brings to the mound every day, whether it's a bullpen session, an inter-squad game, uh, or, a, you know, live game, big league game tomorrow night, there's an intensity there. And if you're behind the plate and you don't match that intensity, you're going to be embarrassed. And not by Garrett. I don't think he's going to do that. He's not that type of guy. But by his stuff is so nasty. If you're not ready and you know, 100% locked in, you're going to be embarrassed behind the plate. So uh, he's bringing a whole nother level of intensity that I think is going to be huge for this pitching staff, first and foremost. Because, you know, Jeff knows this. So there are certain guys in the rotation who kind of set the example for everybody else. And you better follow. You, you better be on the same page. And I see Cole as being one of those guys. Well, for one, a bullpen guy, when you have a guy like Eric Cole, it's almost like a day, day off in some instance that, you know, he's going to go out and give you seven or eight. Or, and, and even for a position player, you know, you got a guy like him that he most likely you're going to get a win that day. I mean, I played with Randy Johnson, a lot of great pitchers. Are, I mean, David Wells, I mean, David Cohn. Uh, those guys were almost like guaranteed wins all the time. Uh, but, you know, you have Garrett Cole. The thing besides, hey, hopefully nobody gets or no big superstar gets the COVID-19 virus and they have to be shut down on, on the Yankees. Also the health of, I think judge and Stanton have to be in this lineup for 60 games. But the one thing that I'm going to point to is that starting rotation behind Garrett Cole. You look at Montgomery went down. Yes, he'll go back and he'll, he'll start the sixth game. But for me, I'm not really a big fan of having three lefties in a rotation because you, the look is the same. And, and sometimes you wind up getting beat up because there's, 
real the lefties there's not there's very few lefties in the game that are overpowering usually they come with kind of the similar kind of stuff and not having Tanaka in that first first time around having to go to a bullpen guy or, or the bullpen day the third day the starting rotation is a concern to me what, what do you think about that it's a it's a good point, and you know I think about the lefties, the three of them that you're talking about, and I would say Montgomery and Paxton are probably similar, especially after the end of last year, uh, how Paxton was throwing his breaking ball so much more. So they would kind of maybe be the same look. You know, Monty obviously switches it up a lot more with all of his pitches, but you know, Jay Happ runs that fastball in on right. He's going to be that he's going to be successful so uh, the off speed isn't as much for him but it's an interesting thought you know I, I am so impressed with Montgomery stuff so far it looks like it's better than it was uh, even before the injury Paxton is you know to me Jeff it's a wild card uh, you know I think you, you know what you're going to get from Jay Happ and you expect him to kind of give you those five quality innings but Paxton at the end of the year and and you know this better than anybody you know he, he pitched some nice innings in the postseason and all of a sudden I think proved to himself I can do this in New York. I can do this on the, on the biggest stage. So I was so excited to see him come back and, and kind of take that next step. So if you would have to ask me about this rotation, I would say James Paxton is the key because I think you know what you're going to get from Cole. Tanaka does his thing when he's healthy. Half is steady. Nothing, you know, nothing is not going to catch you down for nine innings. But Paxton has the ability to do that. So he's, he's a huge piece, piece for me. So you have Paxton as the wild card singularly. Let's talk about the wild card and the AL East champ, plural. <laughs> uh, let's talk teams here. Let's talk predictions. This is tough here, John, because we've never experienced anything like this. A 60-game season. I called it a sprint. Jack Curry calls it a 10K. Uh, I get where he's coming from. I understand where he's coming from when he says that because it's not really a sprint. If you're sprinting through 60 games, you're going to get tired real quick. So where do you have the Yankees? Are they the AL East favorites? Are they the AL uh, American League favorites? Where do you have them? Yeah, I have them the favorites in the American League, you know, and obviously the favorites in the division. But you, you bring up so many good points. And, and when you were bringing up those points, I was thinking about, you know, how many teams that I had played on really, really good teams got off the slow starts. And, you know, there was never there was never a panic. It was always like, we know we're good. At the end of 162, we're going to be fine. But, you know, the first month of April didn't go that well, but it's no big deal. Well, now all of a sudden it is a big deal. So that brings a lot of teams into the equation and you know the Yankees if they get off to a tough start and all of a sudden the expectations are there and you know it's the third season how are they going to handle that to me the Rays are going to be so interesting because of their the arms that they have and the variety of arms that they have and the power arms they're they're going to be able to mix and match these 60 games and have a big advantage and I, I actually thought Toronto was going to be a fun team to watch in the division with all their young players because if they get off to a good start in the first 30 games, they don't know any better. They, they're like, oh, okay, we're in this thing. No big deal. But now that they don't have a home mark to play in, they don't even know where they're going, uh, there's just a lot of, lot to handle for that young team. But, you know, clearly the Yankees are the favorite, and you expect them to play well from the first game. But if they don't, things are going to get awfully interesting. Yeah, I agree with you because usually you have a whole season to get ready for August and get ready for the playoffs and, and the you know the playoff fight for those last two months. And now you don't. And now it's every single day counts. And I agree. I don't know how some of these players are going to handle it because once you get off to a first, uh, if you get off to a slow start, does all of a sudden the stress and the pressure become greater than it normally is? I mean, if you go 0 for 10, 0 for 15, you know, hey, 
during the regular season, you can get out of it. You know, now is it, are you going to be able to get out of it? You have a couple rough outings as a starter. How's that going to carry over a bullpen guy? But I, I tend to agree with you. If everything stays healthy and I, in the lineup, my, my, my keys would be judge and Stanton 60 games. They got to play every single day. There's no time off. I mean, you need these guys in the lineup, unless you have a blowout. Uh, they have to stay healthy. Uh, there's such threats in this lineup, but I agree. If everything goes well, the Yankees have got to be the favorite. You look at the Astros and everybody's forgotten about the cheating scandal that happened over the last few years. They kind of get a pass. You know, there's no fans. I mean, you have 60 games. The Yankees won't see the Astros and they're going to have something to prove there for 60 games. Yeah, and, you know, I think about the Astros and, and all those points that you're bringing up. You know, their bullpen probably can't compete. And, you know, you'd be able to speak to this better than me, Jeff. You know, I think the bullpen, especially the first two weeks of this year, are going to be are going to be huge. You know, there aren't too many teams who are going to have a Garrett Cole come out and be ready to throw 100 pitches in the first game. So that means your middle relievers, your, your back end of the bullpen guys are going to be so important. So I think the Yankees, again, have a huge advantage in that department. So it's a lot to think about. And also, is Aaron Boone going to be patient with a hitter, like you said, if he's 0 for 12, 0 for 15? Is he going to let those guys go out there and find their swing? There's going to be a sense of urgency to get somebody in there to swing the bat. So as an analyst, you know, this is great stuff for all of us just to be able to, you know, day in and day out, night in and night out to break it down and how do these organizations and the managers are going to play it well flash we're looking forward to that and i tell you all the time i could talk to you for hours about baseball and as you always tell me it's we're just talking ball and it's as simple as that thank you so much for joining us we appreciate it pal guys i enjoyed it enjoyed talking to you enjoy the year That's a wrap for episode 12 of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing the show. As always, make sure to subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars on Apple and write a nice review if you please. For Yankees great Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris here. We will talk to you Monday to react to baseball games that actually count. How about that? Enjoy the Yankees three-game set with the Nats. Talk to you Monday. Stay safe.